Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. I'm Megan Silas. And I'm Pam Marvin. I'm so happy to be here with you, walking shoulder to shoulder. This has been amazing. I love our time together, and I'm really excited about this topic. So just to give our listeners kind of an idea, this topic was actually on both my heart and Megan's at the same time. We just love it when the Holy Spirit does that. Amen. He's just really right there with us and and cheering us on. And what we're going to talk about today is? Well, today we're going to talk about emotional maturity. This is going to kind of be a two-parter in a sense, because today we're going to talk about emotional maturity, and then the next episode, we're going to talk about spiritual maturity. Now, obviously, we've often talked about how we're meant to be fully integrated within ourselves, so it's not like these things are completely independent of each other, but you know, there are various differences. Like You could have a person who's emotionally mature, but doesn't have a, a strong spiritual maturity. That's, you know, definitely possible. But I think it's in, it's important to talk about them individually about, you know, some of the different aspects of them. But they are so relevant to how we live our lives and particularly how we relate to each other. Yes. I find that um, often these elements of maturity or lack of maturity really find they get play themselves out in personal relationships a lot. A lot. And so, you know, as this show is is ordered towards, you know, building healthy, holy relationships, we just thought that it was a really relevant topic uh, for us to discuss. So much. It's really been on my mind and heart because as, um, as I've watched my older teenagers who are, are becoming young adults, um, this, is a, this is kind of a big topic because... I can see them actually kind of shifting from the mindset of a teenager, uh, more erratic and less thoughtful, to that more thoughtful um, adult who who strives to do the right thing even when it's difficult. Yeah, it, and it's beautiful to see that development mm-hmm. in, in a child and uh, and in other people. And but as the, just as it's totally beautiful to see that development in a human being, it's actually painful to see somebody stuck That's in right. a place of immaturity. And so I think before we go too far, I think we should probably start defining a little bit about what these things look like. What does yeah. it look like to be emotionally mature versus emotionally right. immature? Well, and I also want to just, you know, have a, a preface to that to say that most Everyone that does come from an immature place is suffering and dealing with a great deal of woundedness, whether they know it or not. Absolutely. It's part of our human experience. It's how we grow up. It's the lies that we buy. So we want to say and preface it like that. So we don't want to like really shame anybody or anything like that. We're just saying this is part of the human experience. Some of us have more woundedness than others. So therefore, some of us could be more immature than others. And I put myself kind of in that category. (laughs) Well, I mean, the truth of the matter is. I'm striving, Megan. I'm striving. Striving is the best thing. And I I think you make an important point, which is we're never going to be perfectly mature or perfectly immature. It's all sort of this progress uh, towards maturity. There are always going to be areas in our lives that we struggle because of things Mm -hmm. maybe that are not quite healed or lies that we've believed or, or whatever. But I think the important thing to remember is, is that while we may struggle in areas, we can also do things to help us grow 
in those areas, you know, the number one thing exactly. being turned to the Lord and ask yeah. for his help, for his grace, because he does desire us to be spiritually and emotionally mature. Right, right Megan, what you're saying, too, is my friends, we have to make this choice. It's not something that's going to just naturally happen unless we can look at ourselves honestly and say, okay, this is a symptom of immaturity in me. Um, just for an example is the, the if you feel a spirit of retribution when someone hurts you, right? Mm-hmm. That's just an indicator. Um, the snarkiness, the wanting to have that kind of forked tongue to get back at someone, those are symptoms of immaturity. And, and God wants to heal that too. He wants you to be able to look at yourself um, very honestly and be the unifier that, that uh, he wants you to be. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up, the idea of retribution, because I think it speaks to something um, even uh, a little more general. Uh, As I was contemplating this topic and was really thinking, like, what are some of the main things which are where we can find the areas of immaturity or maturity? And I really, it really came to me strongly that one of the biggest indicators of maturity or immaturity is how we deal with moments where we feel disappointed. Mm. And there's various ways that we can have disappointments, right? Circumstances can conspire to make it so that something that we were looking forward to or desiring didn't happen, or somebody could let us down, or somebody even, it wasn't that they intentionally let us down or anything, but just something happened in their life that like caused you to be disappointed. And how we respond to that really so does true. speak a lot of times to our maturity because yes, when we view a disappointment, there's going to be a feeling within us. Like disappointment emotion feeling, is, right? is there's an emotion that comes with being let down. This sense of a good I desired was not fulfilled and I feel the pain of the loss of an anticipated good. Right. Okay. So there's, you're in that moment. The pain is real. The disappointment is that pain of disappointment. The the sense of a loss of an anticipated good is real. You can't control that emotion, that feeling. It's what you do with that. It's so true. It's very much a matter of maturity or immaturity. So in maturity, you can say, well, yes. I acknowledge that was disappointing. I truly desired that. But I understand that I am not going to get everything I desire in this life. That there were circumstances that were unavoidable that led to this. Or maybe even circumstances that were avoidable, but I didn't have control over. So I'm not going to like get into a place where I'm seeking that I'm angry, that I feel like I've been wronged, that I feel like I need to lash out because of it. All those responses are are the immature response. I really want to speak to that too, Megan, because I find that so much in our culture, for the most part, we have these runaway thoughts. And oftentimes the evil one will get in there and try and stoke the flame of division like to really say, well, they did that on purpose and they just mm-hmm. really want to get to you. And so my brothers and sisters really listen 
to your internal dialogue and calm it. That's, that's a part of the maturity is to be able to, to reject that type of negativity because it's going to it's going to be there. It's going to come. Um, but to monitor those thoughts that come in, the negativity, right, to s- slow that down and look at it from more of a heavenly perspective, calm it down. To me, that's a symptom of a more mature approach to it. Right. And I also want to, you know, make the distinction that there's a difference between not receiving something you had hoped for and something being taken away from you. So, because if something, if you perceive something as taken away from you. Can you give an example? Yeah. So, say for example, I was looking forward to... Oh, actually, I'll give an example from my life. Something that just happened. That's the best. I have been really, really anticipating that I was going to have this dinner with a dear friend who I don't get to spend much one-on-one time. Just the circumstances of, of her life and, uh, makes it so that she doesn't have a lot of opportunities to have one-on-one time. So we had planned that she was going to come over to my house. I was going to make this big Indian feast and because she really likes Indian food, but doesn't get to have it much. And I love Indian food. And so she was going to have dinner with my family. And then I was also anticipating that after dinner, she and I would go for a beautiful walk together in my neighborhood, which is really lovely and has lakes and things like that. We could just talk and just spend one-on-one time together. Right. So I had been anticipating this. We planned it like a month ago. I've been anticipating, looking forward to it, whatever. Well, turns out, Two days ago, she found out she had COVID. Oh, totally out of your control. Totally out of my control, totally out of her control, mm-hmm. right? And so, but there's a disappointment, right? There's a sadness that I'm not going to receive that good that I had been hoping for. But sometimes people, you know, I could also look at that as something's been stolen from me. You know, this opportunity was taken from me. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. Somebody should pay. Like, so, you know, how am I going to turn, you know, where is that going to go if I'm going to take that thing? I feel like something has been stolen from me. I'm angry. And now I'm going to, what am I going to do? Am I going to lash out at, you know, just circumstances? Like, so I could, maybe I could go and start getting really angry about, you know, whoever exposed her to COVID or I could start just being angry about, um, you know, how the the whole promise of the vaccine hasn't really panned out. Now I'm just angry at the whole system and because I'm mad because something's been taken from me. But if I just say, if I look at it more of, yes, I was anticipating that. I'm sad that it's not happening now. But... No, nothing's been taken from me. I was not owed anything. And there's still a possibility that in the future, this could come. For some reason, the Lord did not allow it now. Right. And just trust that there's goodness that can come out of that. Instead of just getting all like angry and hurt and upset that I didn't receive what I wanted to receive. Because the truth of the matter is nothing's been taken away from me. It's kind of reminds me actually of the 
parable of the workers in the field. That's a beautiful, I think, example of in, immaturity. Uh, so when, the, you, know, you know, the guys come at the beginning of the day, they get hired, they get, they, the, you know, the, the owner of the field says he's going to pay him this amount. Then a guy got more a day's guys. wages. Yeah, day's yeah. wages. More mm-hmm. guys come in the middle of the day. They go to work. They also get paid day's, day's wages. wages. Guys come at the end of the day. They also get to work just a little bit, but they're getting paid the same. And so the guys that come back that work the whole day who had agreed for the day's wages, mm-hmm. They get all ticked off because the guys that came late in the day who didn't work as much get the same. That's right. So what they're perceiving is something that's been taken away like from them. Like an injustice them. of some sort. There's an yeah. injustice. Something's they been taken feel from them. And perceive. The, right. And the owner's like, you got exactly what we agreed upon. Nothing's been taken from you. Why do you think just because somebody else got something different right. that you have been, you know, that... That kind of way of looking at the world. So the thing about it was, is they were overlooking the beauty of the generosity of the employer, right? There was beauty in that generosity, but they felt slighted even though it is what they had agreed on. Right. And I think that word generosity is actually a really good place to think about the difference between emotional maturity and emotional immaturity. Somebody who's generous with themselves and towards others I think is in a much greater place of maturity. Mm-hmm. People who are stingy are constantly like wondering what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. How am I going to benefit or thinking that, you know, anything given to another is get something taken away from them. Right. Like that's a real place of emotional immaturity. So I'm going to put a name to that one too. It's like getting your feelings hurt. Right. Yeah. Because we oftentimes like, well, you know, someone had to, you, you could have gotten your feelings hurt by your friend who got sick, right? Like, oh, uh, is it really real? Or did she just do that because she doesn't want to be with me? You know, your mind could go there, right? Yeah, I guess you could. And that's kind of an immaturity thing. And mm. that type of, oh, my feelings are hurt because you didn't call me when you said you would or something like right. that. Well, yeah. you don't know what the circumstances were. Sure. And so you need to really look at that as well. Yeah. And I also think about like folks who go through life and this is the way I, I term it. They go through life looking at things as a zero sum game. Mm. And what that means is, is that if you look at life as a zero sum game, it means that anybody who gets something that's taken something from you, like any benefit that another person receives is somehow a loss to you because everything if everything equals out to zero a plus in somebody else's column is a negative in your column oh what a sad way to live that's a really sad way to live and a very emotionally immature way to live you know because it does shut you off to the idea of um having a sense of desire for the good of others right there's a, right. so i think selfishness um being turned in on yourself always wondering uh what's in it for me how how am i impacted by this you know sometimes this term narcissism gets thrown around a lot and i think that would how we define narcissism generally is a, is a basically a perfect example of what it is to be emotionally mature. It's like everything revolves emotionally around immature. immature. Sorry. Yes. yes. Thank you. Emotionally <laughs> immature. Immature. Yeah. Everything revolves around me. It's all about how it impacts me. Everything. And I'm always right. And I'm always right. And you know, I'm more than happy to make people, you know, to hurt people, to no do need for it introspection. Takes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that just makes me laugh because, I mean, the idea that you would never need to be introspective ever is so contrary to our faith. So right, contrary absolutely. to growing yeah. in the in love and knowledge of God, because we are human, we have the concupiscence, we must overcome it. So if you're listening to this and you think, I have no need of introspection, then you might be a narcissist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reality is, is to think that, you know, you've got it all figured out. There's yeah, nothing you can learn right. from anybody else. And everybody really needs to be catering to your needs and wants and desires. And that if something doesn't cater to your needs, wants, and desires, you have the right to lash out right. because you've mm-hmm. been injured. Those That place is a really, really yeah. painful way to live. You know, Megan, as you're saying that, there are two virtues that are really popping out as part of what would be very um, emotionally mature and that would be using the virtue of prudence in difficult situations to mm-hmm. not make, not be quick to judge anything. And the other one I think is so very important is flexibility. People that are very mm-hmm. rigid and this is the way it's got to be, the white knuckle kind of thing. That's right. a lot of pain there. There's mm-hmm. a lot of pain there. It's like the fighting of your personal reality oftentimes is, is definitely a symptom of an, an emotional immaturity. So think of flexibility as a virtue, but pr- proceeded with prudence, right? We right. want to think about it honestly Absolutely. And from right. that lens. Yeah, because, you know, we're not, yeah, I'm not saying, and I'm sure you're not saying, Pam, that you should accommodate things that are untrue, that, you know, that you should, you know, just be like, okay, whatever. If somebody is advocating something that's, that's mm-hmm. contrary to, you know, God's law, God's will, but even that, even in that place, the way that you deal with somebody regarding, you know, differences of opinion or, you know, them doing something immoral or whatever, like right. you can do it in a way that's condemning and shaming or trying to dominate, like, right. or you can do it in a way that's truly calling out the best in the other person and show in a loving way. And I think a lot of times when it comes to whether someone's emotionally mature or emotionally immature, it often really comes down to security, Mm. how secure they feel in their own identity and how secure one feels that they're loved. Because if you feel like Everything that happens in your life and how everything another person does to you defines who you are and whether you're lovable. You're going to be living out of fear and out of a place of dependency on others and circumstances that's not going to lend itself to self-possession and emotional maturity. So I think as we go to the you know, latter part of this, how can one grow in emotional maturity? I would say the first step is to be more aware of the areas that you struggle to be mature. And when I'm talking with spiritual directees, uh, one of the big things that I always tell them as part of what I, you know, I'm encouraging them to do in the, in the month between when I meet with them is attend to the times where you have your peace stolen, exactly. where you're roiled up in your emotions and you're feeling pain and discomfort and uncertainty and all those sort of negative emotions that, that really are drawing you away from feeling that peace and joy that the Lord desires to give. So 
it you have to attend to those moments and try to understand them more deeply. Why has What's this impacted me so much? Right. right. Yeah. What where is this coming from? And mm-hmm. really it takes a level of brutal honesty sometimes and facing some things that might be very hard. And so if you really truly desire to grow in emotional maturity, you have to accept that there's going to be some struggle and pushing past some areas that may feel very uncomfortable. It's so true. I remember kind of uh, having that thrust upon me and and not the best way of uh, my spiritual (laughs) guide. This has been many years ago, um, giving me a bunch of books on spiritual maturity, which is the first time I'd ever had any inclination that perhaps I wasn't spiritually mature Mm -hmm. or emotionally mature. Um, And I was, that just was like, bam, thrust on me all at once, which was really difficult, I have to say. But it made me start thinking. It was hard, you know, but it was, it made me start thinking. Yeah. And I will give the caveat, you know, if you do set yourself on this course of like, don't do it without the Lord, number one, you know, ask for his grace. But this is, uh, this is the caution I will give of how the enemy loves to work. If you go into a place that's like, Lord, I desire to grow in my, in my emotional maturity to become more fully uh, um, the stature of, a, of an adult in, in, my, in that place of my psychology and my emotions, the enemy is going to want to get in there. When you make the commitment to start looking at yourself honestly and you start uncovering and unpacking some of these areas where, you know, He's put in lies that he want. He has uh, a desire to keep you believing. He will try to thwart that by telling you that you're awful. Mm. Look how awful you are. Look how, you know, he'll basically exploit the immaturity. When you start to recognize it, then he'll start trying to define you by the immaturity. So when you were totally immature, you just didn't even realize how immature you were, right? But when you start really examining it and your eyes start getting open, those scales start falling off your eyes and you start saying, oh my gosh, look at this. Look at how I'm, you know, acting out of, uh, you know, my fears and my woundedness and all this sort of stuff. He's going to want to get in there and say, yes. Yeah, just exploit your weakness. Yeah, you're just weak. And you're and you're just pitiful, and you you have no control over yourself. Don't listen to him. That's right. Don't listen to him. Keep living in the truth of the fact that you're beloved by the Lord. He wants to help you heal these areas. He wants you to grow past these areas of immaturity so that you can not only live in peace and joy that he wants to give you, but also then go on and bless others in your fullness. Exactly. Beautiful. So true. He wants to bless us that way. Yeah. So any, anything else you, you know, you want to add no, to this I emotional mean, the side? symptoms of emotional immaturity. I mean, I think is another one that uh, I loved on here. We, she's a little cheat sheet in here that we're looking at as well. And one of is the fundamentally fearful. I thought that was yeah. very fascinating. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that one in the next episode. Yeah. I do think uh, anxiety, fearfulness, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. th- you know, that's a place where it is really worth examining, you know, because yeah. I will say it a hundred times. I don't care if I say it in every podcast. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So when we are feeling fearful and we're feeling powerless, unloving and out of control, we are in places of emotional immaturity, also spiritual immaturity. And that's not what God wants for us. No. He, is, he does not want that for us. He wants our peace. He wants our joy. It is a gift that he is eternally giving to us that we only need to receive. 
But when we're struggling to receive it, we need to come to a greater and deeper understanding of what is blocking my receptivity to what the Lord wants to give. He wants to restore us and heal us. We just have to let him, the divine physician. Amen. Lord, bring the fire of your love and of your healing to us. All right. So we thank you so much for joining us today as we continue to try to unpack the things that help us grow in holiness and then help us to live in holy relationship. So we hope you'll tune in next time as we discuss emotional. No, sorry. Today was emotional. As we expect, we discuss spiritual maturity. We'll go into a little more of what that means to, to live in Christ and to put on the new man. All right. So we we'll hope you join us until then. God bless. God bless.